Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for seeing, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Have you ever heard of the yuzu fruit? Raise your hand. I'm guessing some, but not all. And today you're going to learn all about that in an amazing company called Yuzuko in the beverage space, up and comer here, um, growing fast. I can't even wait for you to meet this brand and the co-founder on today. Griffin Owens is with us. Griffin, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Justin, thanks so much for having me. And I look forward to speaking about Yuzuko. I can't wait. Um, I don't know the fruit. And I had to do my homework leading up to today. Um, I was excited to learn about it. I, maybe I should know. I definitely should know because I work in the beverage industry. But um, man, and then what you're doing with your brand, you've already got some great press and whatnot. That's just, I'm sure it's been an accelerant for you guys. I can't wait to dive into all that. But let's do this first. Griffin, share a little bit about your background before launching the business. Um, absolutely. So before launching the business, I worked briefly at PepsiCo. That was kind of like the foundation for me out of college, focused on flavor innovation for food service specifically, as well as their loyalty program. So CPG world and just flavors have always been like near and dear to my heart. And from Pepsi, always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So went on to do a couple things in digital software and other places, but always CPG was near and dear to my heart. So happy to be back at my roots. I love that. Uh, undergrad at Wharton, uh, no small feat getting through there. Amazing. Um, did you know you were interested in consumer products or the consumer goods space? Like going to Pepsi Corp, was it like, hey, they're interviewing on campus and I'll check them out? Like, how did that play out for you? Yeah. So when at Penn, it became really clear to me that finance consulting in that typical Wall Street world that I was surrounded in was definitely not for me. And I love bringing together friends and, and peers over food and drinks. I think some of my first experiences with Yuzu specifically were in the frat house making Yuzu gin and tonics and just <laughs> nice. offering something a little bit different, right? Right. And so I knew there was something interesting there for me, but I'd say it took many years to actually figure out personally, like where within the space I, I really wanted to be. I love that. Um, for those of you saying, what is a yuzu fruit? Um, highly fragrant, almost floral citrus, shaped like a grapefruit. Uh, the aroma and taste combined elements of lime, mandarin, and lemon. And you're the expert at this, Griffin. I'm just reading my notes. <laughs> I, I captured uh, grown primarily in East Asia, right? That's where it originated. Um, and growing very, very quickly, no pun intended, in different parts of the world. T what did, did you know this space was going to be where you, you wanted to dive in and start a business? Like, Talk to us about how you decided this was the fruit. So weirdly enough, about three years ago, um, during COVID, when everyone couldn't connect, uh, my current business partner and I started a different Yuzu-related business uh, related to candles and fragrances and aroma as this way to really connect with people and different experiences when you were locked at home. We loved going into these curated grocers, and we found aromatherapy and the Yuzu bath ritual, which is great during the winter solstice in Japan to be this 
amazing experience that we wanted to kind of package up and figure out how could we bring this um, to people who really didn't know about it. And then kind of since then, we realized within the yuzu industry, there was a lot of issues as it pertained to supply and demand. The cost was insanely expensive and prohibitive to brands like ours and just chefs and people we wanted to get yuzu to. And that's kind of just stayed really close to us and, and led to, you know, yuzu co and where we are today. Got it. Okay. So you and your uh, co-founder decide, hey, we're going to launch something in the space. Did you know it was going to be beverage or did, were you thinking, because I've seen different use cases for this, right, in terms of how it's used, but did you know it was going to be like juice and you, that's what you were thinking about early days or where did you start and then land to get to the juice product? So early days, it was like, hey, well, how can we create like an educational and awareness and just like a love and affinity, more of like a passion project towards Yuzu and all of the cool use cases it has. And then it kind of kind of quickly turned into, wait, there are all these macroeconomic issues that are really preventing yuzu from like genuine, authentic tasting yuzu from taking off in the US. We saw White Claw launch a yuzu flavor, but it actually uses lemon juice. So there's no real yuzu in that product. And hey, is there a reason that a big brand can't actually just go ahead and buy yuzu? And it turns out there is. There's a lot of different restrictions on the importation of the whole fruit to the United States. And that's kind of an area that Yuzuko became experts in was really importing the fruit ourselves, which we do in bulk quantities of the juice, and being able to service large businesses with just raw access to Yuzu fruit juice. So explain to our audience why, what are the challenges with this fruit? Um, You know, it seems like we import a lot of fruits, right? And into our country and other countries, and we do export and whatever. Talk about some of the, the challenges with this fruit specifically. So with yuzu specifically, you cannot import the whole fruit. So that makes it very difficult. Um, And that's just due to citrus regulation with the U.S. Department of Agriculture that has existed for over a century, specifically with a lot of different Asian citrus plants. So the yuzu that comes into America traditionally is all pasteurized in Japan, Korea, wherever it might come from. And what Yuzuko has done is kind of gone straight to the farmers themselves. We're buying that product raw and unpasteurized for further processing here in the United States, where we then have a fully cold chain method where we cold press it here and use HPP to process and and pasteurize the juices. Interesting. Did you know there was a market for it? You remember back early days, you guys are like, this is only a couple years ago, right? Um, You guys are like, yeah, we should do something. But did you know people were interested in having this kind of product? Did you see growth happening or did you see a gap in the market? How, How did you think about it? You're a Wharton guy. You're thinking data and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. I think we started to see Yuzu appear everywhere or what seemed to be everywhere to us. But what we noticed was the taste and consistency was really different. We also noticed a lot of these Yuzu lemonades, which is really like the smallest amount of Yuzu, but then dilution with other citruses. So we kind of felt like, hey, there was something there when we actually looked at the market and what you could find on Amazon or through different wholesalers. You, you really didn't have the raw yuzu like we're providing in its format today. I don't think we ever thought it would take off to the degree of like, hey, we're home bottling this yuzu juice right. and then the Wall Street Journal's taking notice. And that just really speaks to this incredible community of like yuzu lovers and fans that, you know, were prohibited from accessing enough quantity of the fruit and where Yuzuko is really filling that gap for them. I love it. Share with our audience a little bit about how um, consumers 
consume this product like you have a juice but then talk about some of the other ways it's used like as a mixer and and, and drinks and whatnot yeah of course so the biggest like educational piece we always have to kind of bring to people is that you know this is a mixer right you're putting it in with a soy sauce to create a ponzu you're using it in marinades you're adding a very small splash to sparkling water or water but just like you don't drink lemon juice you don't drink yuzu juice pure unless you really love sour tasting fruit and so that really is significant because it's an ingredient so our early marketing strategy was just about, hey, all of these chefs or bartenders, let's give them access to raw yuzu juice and see what they do with it. And kind of seeing what they've created from that has been really significant in all the different pairings that exist in this yuzu verse, as we like to call it. (laughs) Interesting. Um, That's very, very cool. Now, um, so how did you figure out production, getting fruit, getting enough fruit, mixes, you know, like mixing and making product because you had, you've done work at PepsiCo and that's good, but like, you know, to, to go, it's one thing to work at a big brand, another to do it yourself. Talk about how you figured that out. Yeah. I, I'd say like teamwork makes the dream work here. Uh, the partner I'd mentioned before, we were really like loving building the brand aspects of it, but figuring out the supply chain and production were areas where we didn't have that food science background. And so we met up with one of my co-founders, Basil, who had been at Health Aid Kombucha for some time and worked on new flavor development for them. And surely enough, he had tried to launch the Yuzu flavor for Health Aid, but he couldn't find access to the actual raw Yuzu itself. And that kind of, you know, is what inspired all of us to really think about different innovative solutions of sourcing directly from farmers and manufacturers, most of whom have never exported to the USA before, and really being their partners to bring about, you know, and and steward more Yuzu availability in the States. Got it. Makes sense. And had you or your partner like done manufacturing? You mentioned cold press and whatnot. I mean, like that's not easy to figure out, right? I mean, you really need a co-packer or other to help you navigate that. Yeah, really lucky, I'd say, kind of by like the team and our entrepreneurial spirit here to find the right experts, both internally. It feels like with Basil, we have our own food science and production expert in-house, but then also rely on some co-packers and amazing people throughout LA who have kind of been there every step of the way to give us advice and everything from figuring out the bottle sizes to how the units can kind of stay fresh over time in a way that they hadn't been historically and and how the team solves that issue collectively got it really really cool and then um how how much time was it between when you started to you know initial samples in hand, hand testing trying um modifying recipe you know that kind of thing we, I think I feel like we're always playing catch up here and very much a, a startup vibe, but it was, you know, we we kind of had an idea of the brand. It was originally called the Yuzuko. We shortened that to Yuzuko afterwards, and we created a little bit of a visual identity for it. And we just found a local source of access to the raw fruit. And we sure. just said, hey, let's bottle it ourselves and let's go to our favorite L.A. restaurants, which really L.A. has been a big st- part of the Yuzuka story and get 
getting into, I think, mainstream media and kind of like national attention. And some chefs just took off and said, wow, this is amazing. I love it. I want to buy it. How wow. can, you know, work with you across that? So um, that was really quick, a little less than a year ago. So kind of looking at November, December, January of last year, of really it being bottled, you know, in our houses as a very much like, is sure. this a business thing? And then right. moving quickly to like expert facilities and tens of thousands of bottles of production runs and things like that. Oh my that. gosh, crazy. Um, how did you go to market? Uh, how, who were your first c- customers or consumers and what was their early reaction? So right right now it's the beginning of Yuzu season in California and we kind of just went out like, you know, crazy people for lack of a better term <laughs> and bought some Yuzu fruit with, you know, really janky packaging. This isn't something that came off the lines like hand labeled and everything old generic. And we just went to local spots and said, hey, here's some yuzu juice. And then this is also yuzu super juice. It's like our cheaper version because we knew cost was such a big issue. And we were just kind of blown away that people said, oh, like, I really like this. And, you know, I would buy it from you and kind of even restricted us from finding new people to try it because some of those early people just turned into customers who've been customers and advocates to this day, just posting about us on Instagram, sharing us with their other chef community friends and and so on got it that's amazing and when did you know hey i think we got something here like this is not just a a home project anymore kind of cool we sold a couple bottles but what what was there a turning point i know it's still early days for you guys but was there a point you're like yeah we we need to scale up this is this is going definitely the wall street journal february point was like everything changed all our systems (laughs) broke um we were super lucky to kind of like be featured and i think we were like in the second sentence there um with a link to our website and and that was the moment of like hey really well respected people are taking notice of this and are helping yuzuko get out our educational mission which is really to bring yuzu um easier access in america and from there, it's just kind of been off to the races, playing catch up sometimes, planning and doing strategic analysis others. Wow. Amazing. Um, how do you think about uh, e-commerce, uh, marketplace, your own direct to consumer site or retail? Uh, how are you guys approaching that? I think what's unique about Yuzuko is we're trying to service every channel to the degree we can and, and see what really lands. There's just been, I think, idle pent up demand for Yuzu that we find through our Instagram DMs, through Amazon of just people being willing and wanting to try something new because there aren't too many options out there. Sure. Um, but really, Yuzuko is interesting that I, I think most of us see the company as more B2B than a direct to consumer company. Sure. And like, who are the tastemakers, the beverage directors that were looking for this that couldn't find it? Um, and that has really like helped bring us a, a bit more into the mainstream. But as it pertains to the online channels, it's it's really Amazon that I think took off more than we would have ever expected and that we enjoy servicing because we want to make it easy for people to find us and not necessarily have a lot of hoops to kind of jump through. And then on our own website, you know, we were shocked that day one people were willing to kind of like put in their credit card, try something new and and random and, and just 
after that keep kind of the conversation going on the yuzu front yeah absolutely i was checking that out um earlier actually today and uh, yeah you guys got tagged amazon choice you're at almost five stars like and not just like two reviews i mean reviews are hard to get and you guys have i mean quite a few here on your yuzu super juice 12 ounce um pretty awesome um so okay what's next what are the keys to growth how are you guys thinking about like expansion building awareness like you know growing the brand what such a great question we're, we're like very customer centric and we're listening really to beverage directors our chef partners we were lucky in the early days to have some people join the company and say like anything we can do to help we're here to create recipes and what became really clear especially in like the bar world is that shelf stable citrus juice and also fresh citrus juice programs no one was really thinking about them in the way yuzuko has so of course that started with yuzu and it's the reason we exist and, and what we love and do but who's really thinking about lemon juice for bars and bringing the right. cost of that down making it more sustainable same with lime juice and those are, of course, you know, what goes through a ton of volume sure. in the U.S. because they're used in nearly every drink. So I think what's next for Yuzuko is really taking the platform of Super Juice, which is continually iterated upon and evolved on by the mixology community and just like a cool craft movement that's going on on Instagram that Yuzuko is participating in that we like to hype up other bartenders and mixologists and introducing other Super Juices. We really feel right. that Super Juice is the future of shelf-stable citrus juice, and that it can also taste better, be cheaper, and be better for the environment than any of these other options that exist. So the super juice education, I'd say, is probably the future of, of Yuzuko and branching into other citrus juices, both exotics and what we're kind of used to today, like lemon and lime, and just getting those to people who are willing to to use them in their menus. Got it. Man, incredible. Um, What's not worked? Anything that like you guys have tried and it was like that was bad or that didn't taste right or man that packaging broke i mean any anything you'd share that hasn't worked along the early journey it's such a great question and uh there's been a ton of different steps along the way that you you know i'd say are like breaking points of oh this this doesn't work um in terms of top of mind nothing coming that hasn't kind of been like something the companies responded to in a different way but I i'd say in in the beginning, there wasn't the focus that we kind of have now. We were like, oh, are we launching Yuzu Kosho and Yuzu Ponzu? And there, there's so many derivative Yuzu products. And right now we realized, hey, where are our core competencies? And it's in this cold press chain and creating something shelf stable out of that from citrus juice. So Got different it. than a lot of the options on the market. So I'd say in the beginning, there was that identity crisis of do we want a Yuzu Ponzu, a Yuzu Kosho, which is a fermented pepper paste. And when you were mentioning you weren't super familiar with Yuzu, you've probably been to a Japanese restaurant before where you've had that little green paste, which Absolutely. is actually made from the Yuzu kind. And so go ahead. No, I think you, I, uh, you're right. I, I, I assumed... I've had it and didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, I'm guessing a lot of people would say the same thing, right? It's just not been well Yeah, it's documented. like the Yuzu moment, the Yuzu epiphany that we speak to all the 
the time internally of like, oh, once people taste it, even if they didn't think they know it, they have that familiarity. And then that kind of that creates like that light bulb moment for them of, oh, I could put this in my salmon or just on rice or all of these different applications that they didn't think about to kind of have that like subtle and luxurious elevation of those dishes. Got it. Very cool, man. Um, Last question before we go today. A lot of our listeners are founders uh, and entrepreneurs and CEOs and other leaders within uh, the the business. And they're always curious uh, for advice. And for those out there that might have the next Yuzu idea, um, the next brand product package idea, what advice would you offer to them um, as they're thinking about launching their business? I would say that test in public and sell to who you think your consumers are going to be. When I look back at our early days, um, you know, we didn't need anything fancy to just go out and produce a prototype. We didn't overthink it. And that customer advice has been so central and crucial to where the company is today, which is, is still in its early days. And, you know, we're really humble to be in those kind of days building alongside so many great icons. So I would say just go go out and do it. Find customers. Don't ask your friends and family for advice, but go <laughs> go to an actual restaurant that you want to sell to. Sure. Find the manager who will definitely give you five minutes of their time to try something new. And to the degree of which you can internally prototype and test something, it's easy to buy a label or even a piece of tape and write something with a Sharpie on it, like we see it all the time in, in the culinary industry. And just ask people for advice and insight and feedback, most importantly. I love that. Um, so cool. Excited for you, where you're going, um, what you've accomplished in such a short period of time. Share the audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy product, etc. Uh, thanks so much, Justin. Really appreciate your time. You can find us on Amazon and at the yuzu.co. So check out what we're doing there and on Instagram. Yeah, I like that. Yuzu.co. That's kind of cool. You know, Yuzu Co. It's a bit of a double entendre there. I know. Dot com wasn't available. <laughs> Yuzu.co. I love it. It's easy. I mean, search and it pops up right at the top. But um, exactly. Lean into it. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, a double entendre. I love that. Um, that's so, anyway, so good. Um, so, Griffin, so great having you on the podcast. You got to come back on down the road. This is like early days for you. You're like in one little market today. You got a lot of market growth in front of you. Um, and I'm sure you'll be expanding to other beverage areas. So, we hope you'll come back. And thanks for taking time to be with us today. Yeah, Justin, thank you so much for the time. Love being on. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that Every winner started as a contender.